and welcome to the horror hour it's the show where we discuss debate and disagree on all things horror we are your host ben hi everyone george hi everyone (laughs) you talk (laughs) and this week i got these two to finally sit down and watch hellraiser for the very first time and for those of you at home shut up ben um, you can watch the first two on Shutter currently. Please sponsor us. And um, <laughs> that's cool. And so, with that, we will obviously get their first um, uh, thoughts, um, which I think I can already hear. Uh, oh, it's going to be lively, but I guess maybe give everyone just kind of a little little breakdown, um, just a family or husband and wife move into a new or their old home where their uh where their his brother was basically squatting um he's kind of you know dead spoiler and uh you know they end up moving in they drop blood on the floor he starts to come back to life enter in his daughter Kirsty. there's a lovely little box that we all love to play with and puzzles and entryway to hell and demons and sadomasochism i'm just dumbing it down because yeah that's what we do here um yeah (laughs) oh so that's pretty much it it's it's a lot it's a movie based off um clive barker's um short stories uh called the hellbound heart um and yeah we'll go from there so let's let's get your guys thoughts George, you want to go first, please? Um, okay. So this film, I never, I had no idea about what to to know anything about this film going into it. I obviously knew about Pinhead, like that's yeah behind you, Tuck. If you watch the video on our YouTube channel, um, it, I didn't know anything about it and just this Pinhead dude. So I was like, okay, let's go. It was an hour and a half, which is great because I like a short horror film. I don't like ones that overexacerbate like a midsummer. It's like, here's a three hour film. I'm like, all right, um, calm down. But so <laughs> I was very intrigued to, to really know what it was about. I, 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 as I say, no idea. So I sat down yesterday evening to watch this film. And I was very, in, it was definitely something that I can certainly say. Um, was interesting to watch the film was the only way I can kind of describe it is like the guy who wrote it had a really bad trip and couldn't really didn't do a very good job of sort of recording and converting it into a watchable film um it's it's a lot do you know that I'm not going to slag it off completely there were elements that I enjoyed so you know like Utaka with Hell House. There were parts that I liked. This isn't me just getting back at you, Tucker, by the way, guys. I kind of feel like it is since you brought it's... it up. You could have just continued. Well, they're both called Hell. Just anyway. Yeah. Okay, yeah. well, uh-huh. listen, I have no skin in the Go game ahead. and That's you'll hear what true. I say soon. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we'll just know that George is biased. 
No, I'm just, it was, I, I'm trying to think of it as an overview. Okay, let me write, I could just let me just kind of briefly go over what I wrote down. Um, Mr. Cotton buys, gets a puzzle box, which opens another dimension. There are hanging body parts. Like, is this, like, there's a kebab wheel spinning around with, like, like body mm -hmm. parts on. It's like, gave me, like, Saw vibes. Obviously, this is kind of maybe what Saw was inspired by in some elements. Um, it's set in the UK. I thought that house was really nice. Actually, only 40, um, 40 minute drive from where I live, the house that they filmed in, I might have to go. Because I mean, the resale value on that they could get with that being in London would be great if they did it up. I was thinking that I would have liked to have seen what happened to the end of the house, but we didn't get to see that. Um, though it was in the UK, there was a surprising amount of Americans. Like the nurse was American and the, the friend was American. Like everyone was American. I did not realize it was set in the UK. I it wasn't. It, was it, it was filmed in the UK. It's However, almost... they came back and redubbed it. No, they did. They it was originally filmed. It's filmed in the UK, yeah. but they ended up changing the setting, and so they had to do re-voice recording over to because originally they were British accents. But then, aside why, from just why oh, in the film, then does he say to her, "We're back on your soil"? To the British, oh, does he? Yeah, to the wife. Oh. So on your it. turf, he said. Yeah, on your turf. Like thank you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then there are British people in it. There is a couple, but most of them are American. That just can be anyway. Um, yeah, Larry Cotton was the dude. Frank, um, Julia Cotton, who I was like, who? Where do I know this woman from? She's obviously the only one, like, the only actress I knew from the film. Um, I knew her from Doctor Who. She's been in loads of stuff. She's a she's a brilliant actress. She's the, probably my favorite thing about about the movie. Um, then there was the daughter, Kirsty, who just looked like Renona Ryder. Like I was like, this film. This is the issue. It was not an issue. It really just gave me all I could think about was Beetlejuice. Like, I think it's the year, the like the, the time it was made and like the special effects and the move into this house and the being and the, the ginger mother. Like it just gave me all, the I, could think, all I could think about was Beetlejuice <laughs> all the way through. And the girl, the daughter looked like Renona Ryder. I was like, this is just Beetlejuice. Or well, anyway, you know, I I'm glad I what I could say that I've watched it because now I can talk about this film. Would I say it's one of my favorite horror films I've ever seen? No. So, yeah, but I didn't, I knew, I won't say that because we'll wait for the pros and cons. But for me, it wasn't the best horror film I've ever seen, let me put it that way. Um, I wouldn't rush back to it anytime soon. That's my thoughts, overall thoughts. Oh, are you going to give it a score? Oh, sure, five out of ten. Mm, yeah, not biased at all. Okay, Ben, let's hear it. I'll trust your opinion, even if you hate it. Um, I wouldn't say I hate it. Um... I wouldn't really say I liked it all that much either. I think this film just had zero effect on me, like either way. Uh, as I was watching it, I thought that the performance from that woman was actually really interesting. I liked her, even though there was no explanation as to why she felt so compassionate towards, was David his name? The guy, the brother, what was Frank. his name? Uncle Frank. Frank. Uncle Frank, yeah, yeah. It, there was no um, like explanation as to why she felt that way towards him, such a love and such a compassion, but she still sold it. Uh, so I really did enjoy her performance. I have to say pretty much everything else. A lot about a lot of this movie. Now, I have to say the movie I'm going to compare it to I actually genuinely hated, even though it's probably a better movie than Hellraiser. But it reminded me a lot of um, Manhunter. You know that movie, the the first Silence of the Lambs um, movie? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really just not a good movie, not an enjoyable movie whatsoever. And it reminds me of that because... Like you have um, this character in Pinhead and in that film you had Hannibal Lecter and 
I think this is a good thing that horror franchises do, but these two films really fucked it up, which is there's particularly Manhunter, but I felt the boringness and the just nothingness of Manhunter in Hellraiser, even though I felt that Hellraiser did the whole plot of have it have the pinhead be sort of in the background as like a looming presence, but don't really have the whole film be about him, which obviously as the franchise goes on, it more and more becomes more about him. Is that true, Yutaka? Is it more like um, just about the, the pinhead than just the actual story? Kind of. It still really explores the whole uh, topic of, you know, different dimensions and hell, sadomasochism. And so while he's somewhat of a focal point, there are other, he's not really the lead per se. I think he's more sold as, you know, eventually you're going to see him and um, the other Cenobites. But it's really, he's still kind of more of a a supporting character. His presence is just more well-known. Yeah. Well, on that note, I have to say, I have no idea how, this film could have spawned a franchise because I just find it all so uninspiring. Like, sure, I'd like to see more of, like, the Cenobites and um, Pinhead, but at the same time, like, I didn't need to. Like, I was perfectly fine with what I got here. Like, this is the type... If this movie came out today as it is, it would be like... I don't think I want a sequel. I'd maybe, like... I'd want, like, a streaming show about Pinhead or something like that. That would be, like, the way... It wouldn't have spawned this gigantic... Kind of gigantic in terms of, like, longevity... But this really sort of big franchise, I don't think that would have happened if that film, if the film came out as it is today. Um, the effects, to be fair to them, are pretty good. In some points, they remind me of the fly, like the, the makeup and stuff like that, the production design. But the visual effects, obviously, because it's really old, but the visual effects are pretty terrible. Like those little electric, electric things that they try and do in the, the, from the it, box. Their practical was- effects were so much better than the visual effects, yeah. Agreed. 100%. Yeah. But other than that, I genuinely have nothing else to really say. I found it all just really like I was finishing it because I had to do it for the podcast and I, wa- I don't, didn't want to like not do it and just lie about it. So I, I watched the whole thing and I just, I have really nothing to say about it. It's, it's just the type of movie that just had no effect on me. You know, you watch a movie and it's just like, okay, I'm never going to think about that again. Like it was like exactly like that, like the new Charlie's Angels movie. You know, you watched it, wasn't too bad, wasn't too good, but you watched it, you finished it, and you were like, okay, time to move on to bigger and better things, hopefully. And hopefully, I'll be moving on to more episodes of The Walking Dead after this, and that will definitely be better things than (laughs) Hellraiser. All right. Well, what would be your score out of that then? (laughs) Because um, the her performance was so good and so captivating. And I did feel some emotion towards her. I would have to give it, like George, I'd say a five. Because I think that I can see someone really loving and digging this movie. Um, But I definitely didn't. But I can't necessarily fault it for being what it is. What it is, is just boring to me. But for (laughs) some people, it could be like, you know, finally a movie for them. Which is cool. Like, I have movies like that where some people probably just detest them but I am all for it. That happens. But Hellraiser for me is just meh. Just meh. <laughs> and that's fine. That's that's totally fine. Movies can just be meh and we don't so, have to have explosions at, about <laughs> it. No, no, you, you all are entitled to your opinion. That's quite all right. You, 
we all have different um, connections with movies or, um, you know, I think when we see movies nowadays from way back when, maybe some don't believe it um, holds up, but I completely disagree. I do think this does. And just a, a couple of things that, yes, it was filmed in um, the UK, but New World convinced Barker to relocate the story to the United States. So I guess they also didn't catch that script part, but. No, because also the house was extremely like. Oh, the house was extremely UK because they filmed in the UK as well. But um, because I was really confused for a time, like exactly what I was like. I was like, this house looks very British. And then I was like, oh, these guys are American. And she was British. And there was that whole thing about, you know, we're, mm-hmm. we're back on your um, ground turf, whatever it was that you said. And then there was like one or two British people like that under the passing through. There was, there were scenes I was like, that's filmed in the UK. Mm-hmm. But then like, yeah, like you say, like then half the cast was American. Yeah. And I was like, I read that just, it, it confused me. A it bit. was, so one of the things too, is it was it, it for even still for um, 19, when did it come out? 87. It was still low budget. I mean, the it only had a budget of a million dollars. So. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. I mean, so really in terms of practical effects or, or that, I thought were astounding. couple mm-hmm. little things. Um, there's quite a bit that was actually cut from the film because originally it was given an X rating and that's mainly for gore and um, they kind of went into uh, more sexual tones because again, I think that's part of um, part of the whole, uh, well, I guess you would say allure to Pinhead is just because there can be um, pain and pleasure and it's where that meets and um, yeah. So for me, I felt like they were, doing those things to be controversial i'd like i didn't feel like they added to the story like we well, didn't i just i mean apart from the fact that obviously frank was a proper pedo and was asking everyone to call him call me daddy or come to daddy and i was like <laughs> what is this this is like i don't know if they that <laughs> i don't think that it, route but i don't think but it, that's what you felt <laughs> he literally says to his niece come to daddy several times mm. and grabs her you can't tell me that that's maybe not- it does take place in alabama oh <laughs> i thought kirsty was like college age so yeah but that's still yeah, incest like, still weird but, yes that's but that's not pedo so that's what i'm saying no, no it's still just <laughs> so right don't give it but you're sitting here because that gives it a whole entirely different <laughs> tone um that i don't think that movie was going for that's what i was saying i, I just don't I just thought that the, the it was creepy. Well, it wasn't creepy. It was just it just I don't think it executed anything that well. So I didn't feel like, oh, I get this. Like, I kind of assumed that this guy, you know, bec- what? Because we saw one scene with him cutting um, Julia's Julia thinking you go, oh, like he's obviously into like some sort of, you know, dark role play or whatever. But like we never got to explore that. It was never really stated. And maybe this is a case of, you know, like I said, you know, you know, I don't want to but it's not new, but you know, like last time I said to Ben, you know, oh, watch the sequels to Hell House and you'll see, mm. like, is there, is more explained about what these, these films are about or is it just kind of a shock and awe? Because it just, it just reminded me of Saw, like they were just doing it for the sake of shock and awe, for me. 
Well, I sad to say I haven't read the short story, so I can't go deeply into that. Um, I don't know if, again, it was necessarily for like shock and awe. And I would say as the sequels, at least because, yes, it has spawned a ton of sequels. Nice. And really, I, I, I've seen them, but they really only stopped exploring the whole mythos and they only really became or they just became worse it was after four but they did um actually still explain the whole like the second one you kind of get more of a uh an exploration into like that realm that other realm that other dimension and then in the third one there's still more you know who kind of is pinhead who was he in real life and how did he become who he was um and then the fourth one was more just about how to destroy the actual box itself to destroy the you know cinnabites forever so it, there was a proper story i think the first one was really about introducing the characters uh, because they origin like uh with the sequels there were certain people they wanted to come back but they declined and so they're like, well, we're just going to rewrite some things um, because one, a lot of people um, took to both Kirsty and Julia. So that's why in the sequel, Julia is your main antagonist. Mm -hmm. um, and there's actually a pretty awesome, good violent scene um, when she comes to into play. But uh, I again, I love it. I, you know, I still think it's really it's it's a fun um it's just a wild mental trip. Like you said, yes, I'm sure when Clive Barker was thinking all this up and everything, he was just, you know, he was on something. But uh, the other thing, too, is this was the first film he's directed. So it wasn't well tell. made. Yeah. And he no, no, he even says it. Um, he's very honest about it. So, uh, again, I, I think the big selling point for um for a lot of people, it's still kind of just that um, taboo when it comes to sadomasochism or just, you know, I wouldn't say BDSM since they don't really do bondage, but just, just, and also kind of really how when Pinhead speaks, any of the Cenobites when they speak, it's really kind of got that, you know, eroticism to it. And I think people kind of liked that. Um, and then I wish they would have, at least in the first film, delved more into the other realms of hell and all of that. And I think that would have been a little bit better. Do I think this film's a 10 out of 10? Absolutely not. No. It's just one that I consider a favorite. It's one that's, you know, one of my favorite classics. I think I'm happy it spawned a franchise. I'm just sad to see where the franchise went. Um, and I think... You know, Doug Bradley, he loves the character and I think he plays a great penhead, you know, um, as the series went on. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the future since, you know, there's now going to be a remake movie um, yeah. Hulu's doing and then HBO Max is doing a series. Huh? Yeah. Who did the rights belong to? Well, I... That I don't know. I would assume it's still Clive Barker and he can do whatever he wants with it. So if he wants, if somebody wants well, to I create was just, a movie. I was just going to ask then, since we're going to be talking about Candyman later on in this podcast, I was going to ask you what you thought the future of this franchise could potentially be. But now we have the answer. More of a <laughs> clusterfuck. 
Not necessarily. Um, I think the movie is going to, from what I can understand, the movie is going to be it separate. And um, the actual series, which I think, like you said, I think it will work better as a streaming series because they can delve mm-hmm. deeper in um, to the mythos. And I think that's one of my favorite things about Hellraiser. Um, and again, you don't see that in the first film. Um, it's more in the series. So I would like to see, like, you know, kind of like how what we're getting for Chucky. I think that's so awesome. We're going to get eight hours of television to really explore Chucky. So I would hope we could well, like, kind of get something. Yes. But I I couldn't tell. They didn't say which one's going to continue and which one's going to be its own. Either way, I still hope they discuss the whole other realms and dimensions of hell. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Well, look, it is the era of horror TV shows at the moment, like whether it's on Netflix or mm-hmm. um, pretty much nowhere else. No, like Shudder. Horror TV. <laughs> Oh, Shudder, of course, sponsor us, please. Yeah, um, but seriously, no, they do. They have, we'll talk, we can talk about um, television shows later, but they have a really, they gave Slasher a fourth season and that just premiered and it's actually really good. Gory is. You know, Shudder really wanted to give something else a fourth season. Glow would be a great candidate. <laughs> 100%. Or if they want to into a horror show. Oh my um, goodness. Put some money behind the second series of the Horror Hour. I guess <laughs> yes I would say since I asked for everyone I if I were to give this a rating um I would give it a seven and a half mm-hmm. out of ten like I said it's not like a perfect film by any means I think I just have um more of a connection I I loved the taboo I loved the um I love Pinhead. I, I love that character. And honestly, and I'm still basing it kind of on the series. There are just things that he does that I really, really enjoy. And um, his he's just twisted. And what I love is he doesn't think that he's bad. He, he doesn't think that he's good. I mean, you said that perfect quote, demons to some, angels to others. I did like that quote. I, I, I mean, it's a fantastic quote. It's one of my favorite lines. Uh, so that's what I would give uh, give it mm-hmm. but okay. before we go into our pros and cons we'll just take a short break and we'll be right back don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the horror hour TV And we're back. All right. So now, since we kind of gave our breakdown, our thoughts, overall thoughts and scores, let's hear uh, George and Ben's pros and cons. Who would like to disappoint me first? Well, Ben, because I went first on the overall. Cool. Well, I suppose to say if I have like any pro for this movie, again, I'm just completely indifferent on it. So I guess the biggest thing I have to say that I took from the movie was the incredible performance by George, what's her name? Claire Higgins. Claire Higgins. Julia or Kirsty? <laughs> no, Claire Higgins. Yeah. Just make a check. Claire Higgins then. Mm. Christy was good, but again, um, I thought that um, Claire Higgins' performance was really, really, really good and mm. definitely was what made me keep watching like more than anything else in the movie mm-hmm. because I don't really think like 
the guy was just such a dick. Like, I can't imagine. Like, the writing was pretty poor, but she truly did sell it, like, more than I think anyone else in the movie did because, like, the guy who was all bloody was just a dick. Like, I don't understand why she would just, like, say, okay, fuck off and die up here in the eye. Like, I would Again, she, she loved him, so... But they never really explained why she loved him so much. Like, they had sex once. Like, it never really explains how... Like, was she bored with her husband? And then, like, he comes along, like... Mm-hmm. I suppose another draft of the script, um, like, if it wasn't Clive Barker's first film, it probably would have delved um, more into her psychology and more into that relationship that was apparently sure. broken. But, like, they seemed yeah. okay, like, in the movie. Like, they didn't seem like they hated each other or anything. But I, like, they kind of did, but not really. I suppose things needed to be, come across more clear for everything else to make sense later on, which I don't think... Look, I'll get into cons later. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much my only pro. And I have to say that the practical effects were really cool. Um, Pinhead and all of the other, what are they called? Cinebites. Cinebites. They all looked really cool. I loved the designs on some of them. They looked like this, like a weird punk rock band in a weird way. <laughs> like, you know, the chubby guy with the glasses. I thought he was, he just looks like some like drummer or something like that. Like he looks so cool. And uh, <laughs> the guy with open throat was really dead. It was a woman. Um, that was a woman. I can't tell. They're fucking demons, like. And angels you know? to some. Oh, and angels others, to some. Others, yeah. others. <laughs> uh, other than that, I'd have to say that's probably my only pro, except for that I do think that Clive Barker's stories, both this and Candyman, kind of have like a similar feel to them. Like they do have a similar sort of vibe. I think Candyman executes everything far better and does a way better job. That's one of the greatest horror films I've ever seen. But I do think that they have a similar vibe as to how like the stories play out and how their protagonists or not the protagonists but the the title characters um Pinhead's not the title character but it's, like he kind of is is he hellraiser no like i mean he he's eventually your ultimate antagonist um overall um right. i would i would venture to say julia became really the villain in the first film because I I agree. She just was phenomenal, and I would think she she was kind of the true. I I think what we saw was a character transformation on her. Um, from the you could tell honestly, I think their relationship was there. Like I feel like Larry was the safe bet, but Frank is what she really wanted. So that's why she just seemed, was just such a cunt. Okay. He was just such a dickhead. But she's just she was just bored. But then you just see over time, like it was like when she did that first kill, love it. Like I would have preferred a film in which she just can't get over the fact that this Frank has disappeared or gone and died and creates a false narrative in her head that she needs to kill these people in order to bring him back. And it just turns out that she's an absolute psychotic bitch. That would have been great. I didn't Like in Candyman. Like exactly. they kind of pulled the rug out from you, like in the middle of Candyman, where they make you think that Virginia Madsen's character might be going insane. And they genuinely do this really cool thing where, unlike in Chucky, where like you know it's not a mystery, you know that Chucky is actually alive because you saw the video yeah. at the beginning. In Candyman, it's like, okay, maybe, maybe this shit is actually just an urban legend. Maybe it genuinely is. Um, there are clues here and there to say maybe it is, maybe it isn't. And then as the movie goes on, you know that. And I think that would have been a far better approach to this story than what we eventually unfortunately got but Mm -hmm. those are all my pros and george we're going to move on to you now so what do you think 
Um, I really enjoyed the sound, the the score. I thought the score at place was really good. Like, even though the story was not really going anywhere for me, um, the music kind of kept me involved. And I was like, oh, you know, like it did actually, I got a couple of like parts in it. Um, and yeah, I really, really liked Christine. I thought, was his name? Did we say your name was Christine? Did I make that up as a name? Kirsty. Okay, no, who's Julie? Who plays Julia again? Oh, God. Claire Doctor Higgins. Who. Claire Higgins. Higgins. Claire Sorry. Higgins. She was the high priestess in Doctor Who, the sisters of Khan. Anyway, um, yeah. Well, I, I like Ben said, she was a standout for me. Everyone else was just kind of boring. Like, it was, yeah, I didn't particularly. I kind of, I mean, like, I guess Kirsty maybe is in the other films and is kind of like the Nancy of the... Of, uh, like, yeah, I guess. She's in... Yeah, she's in three and a half. And yeah, so you know. I can see that they were they were setting that up for her to be like a final girl. Um, but it was kind of like a last minute thing, because obviously at the beginning, it's really, you know, you're struggling with like, oh, Julia and, is, you know, what she's doing right or whatever. While this guy's just wandering around in a suit upstairs in the attic. Like I say, I do also agree that I think the special effects, like the VFX, whatever you call them, not the v, not VFX, are they? The, the, the practical. Practical effects, sorry, yeah, were really like when he turned around, he's like, "It's Frank." I was like, "Are they?" He looked like, like they looked good. Um, mm. like I think for back then, those were really good. Yeah, they did a great yeah. job. Um, so yeah, for me, I would say the practical effects were really cool. I really, I enjoyed the score, and I really enjoyed Claire Higgins' performance. They would be my pros. Did any because. I'm thinking when I was a kid and the one scene did make me jump. Did, was there any scene that kind of made you maybe even jolt a little? Yes, no. there was. And I I want to know if it's the same. Go ahead. When Jesus falls out of the closet and I said, Jesus, and it was actually Jesus. And then from the fact, I watch um, these YouTubers called Cinema Rules and they did a reaction to it. So I watched that was a while back. So I watched the reaction just before and they literally said the same thing. Like he fell out and he's like, Jesus, he's like, literally. So that was the part that made me jump, but only because I was probably half asleep. So it jolted me away. <laughs> <laughs> Why, what scene was it for you that made you That jump? was exactly the same thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. I thought it was it done very well. It it was, um, I mean, it was expected, but there wasn't, you know, how, I don't feel like they led up to it with the sound. And I like that because I hate when, you know, they do the whole, it's the sound that's going to get you, but that was kind of nice. I like yeah, that. And then the maggots all fall out and you're like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. So, yeah, that's my pros. Thanks for your time. You talk, are you going to do pros? I mean, I, I feel like I said most of my pros, but again, I, I really liked both um, Kirst or um, Ashley Lawrence and Claire Higgins' performances. I really did like Kirsty, especially at the end. Um, I, again, big fan of Doug Bradley and um, Mr. Pinhead over here. I think I, I love the vocals on him that they'd go with throughout the entire series. Actually, it's just, it, it, there's just something about it. Um, I love the practical effects. I think they're great. I do think um, they shouldn't have done those VFX though. That was just silly. That kind of took a, away from some things. Um, obviously it being Clive Barker's first film, like I'm happy because, you know, he wrote it, he directed it, but he clearly needed some help um, with that. Uh, I, I, I love the, just the, topic and i love 
that it was, you know, introducing us to a new, like I said, horror icon in a sense. While, yes, the series may have faded, um, I think Pinhead is still very, very iconic and long lasting. Um, but I, yeah, huge fan. I, I really loved the kills. I thought they were brutal. Um, and yeah. I so um Doug Bradley's also from Liverpool. Mm-hmm. Cool. And the guy who plays Frank is British. Mm-hmm. He was so, an yeah. interesting character. He actually really was. I did think his voice was a very OTT though. Like even when he was a human, he was just it didn't seem like his voice. So Maybe was that wasn't. dubbed over? Yeah, I don't know that. I thought that was very interesting learning about that, that, you know, they decided it would be better if, you know, hey, we're going to relocate this. And, you know, that's why I guess I never caught on that. It was, you know, originally UK. The only thing that I remember is just when I would see the house, I was like, that's not a house you would see in the US, and especially like in the bathroom and how the, like the kitchen, the toilet. I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of UK, but. I mean, I never caught on to it until now. One of the best things about Candyman is the sense of the atmosphere. The the setting of uh, Chicago is... It is Chicago, isn't it? In Candyman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That setting really does a lot for that movie and adds to the... It really adds to the story and adds to the sort of effect of the movie. I think that what Hellraiser is lacking... I think if this film was more like Handyman and how it approached its story rather than just sort of being straightforward, I suppose it kind of, I think it was a few years too early. And then I think the franchise kind of didn't really evolve with the times and probably stayed on the same track that the first film sort of set up and then went like mm-hmm. even more downwards. It, it... Okay. Fair? I disagree with that. But I, I think after a certain point, yes. But again, I think they did a good job with the first few to where they expanded on the story to where I just, you know, you got to know more about it. So, uh, you know, I, I know you keep comparing to Candyman because we'll talk about that in a moment. But I don't know if really the setting itself was really what was the big selling point of this movie. I don't even think that's, you know, the biggest care um and as my dogs are barking i do apologize but they know um, for saying no it, it is it is an important yeah, integral part yes. of the story. <laughs> well for me it just but, confused me because i was like i don't understand where this is so for half the film i was like is yeah. this america or is this is this britain which shouldn't, really I, most the, I mean the most of the story though took place in the house that that's the whole thing that it really wasn't you know where they're at it was more just about the story and the house because that's where everything was centered around yeah but that stuff wasn't very good like it i get very that that's 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 your opinion i think that's bizarre that new world convinced sparker to relocate the stories united states which required did i not just tell you you that? did you did but i'm just i'm just like <laughs> i just find that bizarre it's mm. like when they did it with the girl on the train anyway i think they did Wait, that did they? in terms of did they what uh, with the girl on the train. Well, the girl on the train is set in London. The book's in London. Mm. And the film is obviously not in London. But they've got yeah, all these American... Like... They've got all these... Brit- no, but they decided to put it in America because they were like, 
we need to you know it needs to be yeah. somewhere they understand so but they didn't like, do it after filming though so that's no, like, no, but i'm just talking about right, like i good. hate when I, people I think partly on this, you have to think about when you see things like that, it's about how how it's going to sell more. So how much money did this make? Uh, it made budget more than that. It, oh. it again, budget was around one million and it made over 14. So it was technically a hit. Um, Probably more than the Suicide Squad will ever make. <laughs> Critically, it's, you know, it's got 70 like something on rotten tomatoes yeah it's good but it is yeah so here's the thing though because it's interesting what what i mostly see from people is you're either one way or you're the other which i i take you guys are just you just weren't a fan of it and that's okay um you just you didn't connect with it it just wasn't your thing i totally get that uh me on the other hand it's it's one of my favorites i think it's great um but hey it is what it is so yeah. um, I guess then we talked about our pros. You kind of elaborated on your cons, but I feel like you had more because you really didn't. I never into... said mine. Oh, oh, sorry. That was all Ben you talking know? for about five minutes. Oh. for half an hour. Oh, gosh. For God's sake. Um, okay. First of all, what was that weird dragon thing at the end? What was that? That was bizarre. That was just like, um, there's this guy. I, I just... He's is it was it supposed to be like the devil, and then obviously I I thought it, it was Satan. Yeah, because it was it, was, it looked like some sort of like satanic mm. thing, but I was really con- it was just I just, don't know. I just thought it was like uh, um, I would have preferred. <laughs> oh my God, what was it? Oh no, what was his name? What was the old guy called? Bless me, said now. Um, oh look, that was him. Um, Levin, what was his name? Levine. Not not. Who who are you talking the, about? The original um guy who headed up the church of Satan. What? Huh? I don't know. What you were I, talking I, about, Church of Satan, please sponsor us? Yeah, sponsor us. You know, like we want big names on our podcast, but like I don't know anything about them. Oh, for God's Actually, sake. Actually, no, don't... I know everything about them. We know a lot about the Church of Satan, which is why they should sponsor us. <laughs> it's, it's I have a... no idea what the Church of Satan is about. <laughs> where, where'd that come from? <laughs> um, the Church of Satan. He was talking about, the, I was talking about, was that Satan? Um, Anton LaVey, that's it. Anton LaVey, sorry, he's dead. No, they don't say it's anything. They just say it's a winged skeleton creature flying away. Exactly, it's just, it's just ran. I would have preferred if she would have chucked the box in the fire and then we, like, just, then there was a scene of it, like, back, or you're like, oh, there's another one, it's not the only box. Like, that would have been, rather than, like, this thing just, like, flying off with it, I just thought it was a bit bizarre. There could have been, like, one box for every, like, Cinnabite. There's actually well, every, more boxes. Yeah, like every that's level more. Box. Yeah, that's later on in the series. There's more than just mm. the the one box. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so that was one. Um, what else did I put? I'm just. Gonna, do you know what? I didn't write that many. To be fair, what are you laughing at? <laughs> you okay? Keep going. That's so funny. How <laughs> rude. Um, I put don't watch this high. I think that's a fair criticism. Um. I don't know. Or I do. Wouldn't... Maybe you'll enjoy it more. Uh, maybe you will. I mean, evidently the person that Clive Barker was on something when he wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I put not come to daddy as, as a line. <laughs> um, I put this movie is really stupid. Um, <laughs> I put Frank is a controlling dickhead. Yeah. Um, why is everyone American? It's set in the UK. Steve, <laughs> was Steve supposed to be Irish? He was like that guy where I like, had like, he, ha- he was American. Where the fuck but then... was Steve? Steve was exactly. 
Steve was the boyfriend. <laughs> he was the boyfriend. He was like in it for five minutes and I got chased and yeah. cursed around. Going, I thought he was American, clearly. Yeah. But he said, I thought at first he was trying to do like an, like he was an American doing an Irish accent, but then obviously maybe just been dubbed over. Anyway, um, I put practical effects. Um, yeah, they were good, but that like the the VFX reminded me of Beetlejuice, like when that big thing was crawling down the hallway. Like it reminded me of what they look like. But maybe see that's just the time, and that's that's the that's what the VFX sure like yeah. days. So yeah, I put it's very eighties with the gore, like. You know, they were like, let's have, you know, loads. So I assume, you know, when it came out, people would have been like, oh. but for me, I was just like, it feels like they're just doing this to be like bloody rather yeah. than for it to be part of the story. Um, it and, like Tom Savini style makeup, which is really cool. Yeah, like that moment, the first bit when the claw, like the things went into his nipples, <laughs> just made me laugh. And he got like dragged into the box. Also, I like, think- mm-hmm. Did they reuse that shot like many times? I feel like I saw that shot like so many times. And then they times. kind of like reused it when he got his, at the end when his face got like pulled apart yeah. and he was saying, he was chatting some shit. I can't remember what he was saying. Um, I, but I did, I did kind of like how it came full circle, is what I wrote at the end. Did it come full circle? Well, that the box was put back and it was like, but my question was, why did Frank want that box if he didn't want to be in that world? Oh, like now you're picky because it's a bit too much sadomasochism for you. Yeah. Like, you can't pick like and choose. Unanswered questions. It feels like there's like, just like the first cut of the movie and they want to go back and reshoot some stuff. That's what it kind of feels like. It feels it like, feels like Justice League. <laughs> no, it feels like the New Mutants. It feels yeah, like yeah New it Mutants. does. It feels like New Mutants. I yeah. agree. It feels like there was there was several films before this, which maybe there was, because maybe yeah. in those times, you know, like you said, like you said, Jutaka, there was different versions of the film because there was like the x-ray thing so maybe those sure. would have added well, it, more I, was that just one thing i would say that the reason frank didn't want that box to go anywhere was more so he could control in terms of that was that opening that brings opens the portal mm-hmm. and he's trying to get away from the cenobites so for him he doesn't want anybody to touch that box because he doesn't want them to open it because if they open it they'll come yeah but why did he open it in the first place he didn't know in the original i mean he was just he he must have been told what the box was for i thought he like said like because he doesn't he say something about like being into you know i thought there's a whole thing about like this was supposed to be the next level of sadomasochism or something i don't know that's why i was a bit like fun fact that the original name of the film which i'm glad they didn't go with was sadomasochist from beyond the grave that would have been a mouthful that would have been (laughs) stupid hello and welcome to sadomasochist from the grave three Return to the grave. Review. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think he was interested in the whole pleasure pain, whatever it could bring. But mm-hmm. I don't know if he knew it would. He again, was, oh, shit, this is this is a big <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah too, much pain, too much pain. Oh god, chains are gonna come and rip me apart, and they're gonna just put pieces of my face on a spinning wooden block. I don't know. I don't think he knew that. So like, I think I there is a lot of this film that's shock value, but now like people openly like Fifty Shades of Grey is a billion dollar franchise and people just don't care anymore um, about that type of stuff. So I mean, the that's, shock value. I think gone. that's more BDSM, isn't it? Than Satan. Yeah, that's more BDSM. Okay, well, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. I should hope not. It's... Yeah. Watch Twilight instead. It's a much better version. Although The weekend did a very Stay away from Twilight. That is trash. Anyways. It's better than this film. Yeah. It's a better yeah. love story in this film. Than... This wasn't a it's love a better story. Love story. <laughs> it wasn't a love story. She did everything because she wanted that guy's dick, which I mean, it's not a love story. She literally <laughs> murdered six men so she could have that penis. 
That's a love story. Anyway, sorry. It was very Joker and Harley. It felt very much like that hey, sort of dynamic. She could be a great Harley Quinn. Maybe we can get yeah. her to be... Oh, no, she's about 80 now, isn't she? Yeah, but honestly, at this point, anyone would probably make more, sell more tickets than Margot Robbie as the character. So anyone, come on, bring it on. So True anyways, that. back to horror. You know. <laughs> that is horror, some of her performance. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so clearly... Pros, sorry, cons, yeah, I would say it just, for me, the, the story wasn't there. I felt, like I've said before, there was like a... It, a lot of it felt like it was for the purpose of shock and all, which is fine. That's not a problem. That's just not the type of film. Like, I didn't really like the Saw films. And even they have a bit more of a story, like, underlined. But then again, I've seen them also. Maybe if I watch... I don't know if I could watch nine of these films, though, because I watched the trailers for all of them. I watched it. It was like a 13-minute video on YouTube. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Well, like I said, they weren't good after a certain point. Um, I truly well, only I think you should think, watch... Then. Yeah, you should only watch up to four. I guess you could watch five because Henry Cavill's in it. Uh, okay. Um, I, was, was uh, Doug, sorry, was Doug Bradley in all of them as the as the pinhead? Uh, he was only, I think, in seven of them. Okay. They didn't really ask him only to come in back. Seven. Well, I mean... Send more of these than Friday the 13th. The thing is, um, Doug Bradley, though, is he is pinhead. So for them to have cast somebody else or not to have had him, that's kind of a, it's a crappy thing. It's like when they made the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and look what we got. It it was not good. To be fair, Jackie Earl Haley could have been an incredible Freddy Krueger. It's a shame he was in the movie he was in because he, more than anyone, I would say, probably you could find someone like nowadays who could really do it, but I think he would have been phenomenal. I don't think that film is... Bad. We'll debate that movie another time, and I'm yeah, looking forward terrible. to it very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of feel about the Night Run Untrue remake the way I feel about this one. Like I'm kind of indifferent on it. Like I thought there were some interesting things in both of them. They both tried, I think, but both ultimately failed to be anything interesting and memorable. Hmm. Mm. I disagree, but fair enough. Sorry that you guys. <laughs> sorry, I had to make you guys sit through and watch it. It was. Do you know what though? If I'm being honest, I would rather watch this than um, Fear Street 1978. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Look at that. Or Fear Street 1960. Petty, petty, petty. I tell you. And yet, there's still that's still the one that's most <laughs> watched and listened to. Only on the podcast on YouTube. Yeah. It's and on House. the podcast. On the no. podcast, yeah, but not on YouTube. On our YouTube oh, yeah. channel, it is well, nowhere near the biggest. Well, it yeah, Fear be. Street was such a flop for us, and then everything yeah. else we've done has actually done pretty decent. But Fear Street was just such a disaster in terms of views. Oh well, like that's because views. of you know, well, whichever. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we will discuss what we are hoping for from the next, um, well, from Nia DaCosta's Candyman. You are listening to the Horror Hour with Ben, George, and you talk. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> All right, and we're back. All right. So in the tradition of, you know, we're we're already discussing Clive Barker and he did some short stories. That's what really Candyman is based off of. Let's talk about what we're hoping to get out of the next Candyman film. Who would like to go first? 
Oh, I will go first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cool. No. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was just um, like. <laughs> Well, I have to say the number one thing I'm most excited for is to see the return of this lore, this film uh, from the 1990s, which when I saw it for the first time a few months ago, leapt up to be one of my favorite horror films of all time. It is truly an underrated masterpiece. And I would genuinely go that far as to say that I think it's so before its time and so overlooked, but definitely one of the, I would say just one of the most iconic films for me. And it's so iconic because its story is so tight and it interweaves that with um, a really in, really good social commentary that also has some very good scares in it. Like it is a very scary, gory movie that's, it knows exactly what it's doing. It has a vision and it never like goes away from that vision. So I'm very excited to see the return of this film and to see this, truly become a franchise because there were no sequels after the original Candyman. It just was one movie and that's it. And Naya DaCosta is bringing it back along with Jordan Peele. And I am ecstatic to see what they can bring to this franchise. I think it is ripe to return right now. I think it is perfect. Uh, the perfect type of horror film. And it's not projected to do that well at the box office, but I think people could be underestimating it. I think this film more than any of the other horror films this year has the potential to be a breakout success. Like, I think we all knew that The Conjuring 3 would make money. We all knew that all of the other horror sequels would probably under-deliver, like Don't Breathe 2 didn't make that much money. Um, Escape Room 2 barely made any money. The, pur the Forever Purge, whatever, yada, 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 so on, so on, so on. But I think that Candyman, because of the success that Blumhouse has had, with just launching, sometimes they launch films, huge hits, sometimes they launch them and they don't. I think this film has the potential to be a breakout success at the end of summer. It's a shame it has the release date it has, but I think it could, I think it could break out and make a decent bit of money. I'm not expecting it to break records, but I think somewhere in the 20s, if it makes, oh, like, in the 30s, that would truly be astounding. But I don't think that's going to happen given how the pandemic has affected how horror films make money. But I think if it made anywhere near The Conjuring 3, that would be incredible. But yeah, that's what... The number one thing I'm most looking forward to. So I, to I, will, I will say, Ben, there were sequels, by, by the way. They weren't like great, but there were sequels. No, I'm there aware. That was sarcasm. As in, we just oh, know, so. I couldn't tell. I just thought it was your accent. He likes to pretend they didn't exist. <laughs> yeah, that's what I do um, with. Um, it also it wasn't Halloween. an underrated hit, though. I mean, it it was commercially it was successful. And no, I it only made like 30 million ish, was it? But the budget again was you're looking at like eight something million. And again, this was back in the early nineties. The budget was eight to 9 million. The box yeah. office was 25.8 million. So it still made budget. Eight it's states. still, I mean, it was, I think it was well received uh, for the most part, but when you say it's underrated, trust me, people know Candyman. And I think just like you said, once it was announced that Jordan Peele, um, was going to be bringing this. And then you got Nia DaCosta who's directing it. And then you got this cast. Holy oh. shit. This cast is amazing. You've got a uh, freaking Yaya Abdul-Mateen. Then you've got um, Coleman Domingo. And then uh, I'm Tayana Paris. So yes. Thank you. Tayana Paris. Uh, what I also love is how oh, I need to find it. But the fact that they brought the one lady back from the original. I was, oh my gosh. They did? What, Vanessa. Ah, yes. 
Why can't I remember? Yes, uh, Vanessa. Um, Vanessa. I just Williams. said that, and you said no. Did you? I just said no. yeah. Anne Marie McCoy is the name of the character. No, I know. I sorry. I thought you said Virginia Madison. That's why I was like, no. no. Sorry. Well, yeah. You know what's you know, really interesting? But Ashley I, Lemons yeah. starred in the original Candyman and Silence of the Lambs, and then she went on to direct Cynthia Revo and Harriet, who got an Oscar nomination. Yeah, so it just goes I, to show that Hollywood is a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm really excited. This is an incredible cast. Uh it, it looks fantastic. I hope that we get again a continuation. I love that it's still set in the same universe. Um, I, I I really actually enjoy that the most. So who knows what surprises could you know be in store? Um, I'm actually looking forward to because I think. Ben, as you pointed out, I think one of my favorite things was the uh, the social commentary from the first one. I mean, it was very, you know, for a horror film, it was very, um, <laughs> it was deep. You know, it really, I, I just loved everything about it. It it wasn't just some, like, I lo- like, yes, I love Hellraiser, but did it have the same depth as Candyman? No, it, it certainly does not. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about this. Uh, I'm really excited to see Nia DaCosta. I have a feeling she's going to do great with this film. And I'm so excited to see that she's got more on the horizon, but I'm just, I'm excited. I hope it does well. I think again, just because of the pandemic, that's gonna, that, that's screwed a lot of films over. So I, I hope it's a success considering um, because it deserves to be, I think the cast, I, I think the story, and if it's pulled off well, I certainly would love to see a sequel if that's the route they want to go. Um, and also I really want to see violent, violent kills because the first one I think we're gonna get them brutal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, that's what I would like to see. When the kid looks into the bathroom door in the trailer and there's just fucking blood all over the place. That is what we are looking for in this film. And we're very, very excited. George. Oh, can I say one more thing? Did you guys not laugh when it was in the trailer? Hold on. This made me laugh and I loved it. When, of course, it's the four white girls. And I think there was one Asian doing the whole Candyman bit. I'm like, of course they would. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, didn't. um, um, I really hope that that. There was one black girl in the bathroom, and I, I think that if they wanted to do something like that, if she ends up being blamed for the murders, Ooh. I think that's something that they want to Ooh, go there I with. didn't think of that. Ooh, that could be yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because he well, wouldn't attack her. Killed. He did. No, I doubt she no, would. I don't, be. I don't think he she didn't. is. She was hiding in the, because in the trailer, she's like hiding all the blood, so like all dripping down. I think something like that, yeah, will like, be. Candyman, I think, only kills who summons him, right? Oh, this will be so fascinating. I can't wait. Okay, he sorry, George. Bernie in the original, he killed Cassie Lemons' character, and all she did was walk into the fucking apartment. Oh, that's actually very true. He really mm. wanted that apartment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a great apartment. It was lovely. I know. I'm really looking forward to seeing Tony Todd back. Um, I love him. I don't think he gets enough work between this and Fowler's Nation franchise. I mean, he should have been in all of those films. Like, though he was the best part of a lot of those films. Those later ones got a little bit. Um, and when he came back in, in the most recent Fowler's Nation 5, I was like, yes, this is what I need. And so I'm really, I'm so glad that he's back. I kind of wish that they could have got Virginia back. I would have thought that 
you know, with Nina DaCosta and um, Jordan Peele, they could have pulled her back, but instead we've got Cassie Kramer, who's going to be playing um, Helen in this No. Film. Yeah. What? Oh, that's terrible. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so, a shame. But maybe it could be a case of maybe it's just, like, flashbacks and, like, maybe you don't see her face and maybe they're just using this actress as a as a stand-in. Yeah. I don't Hopefully. know. Oh, that's um, true. I didn't think of that. That's. It could be. We could see the like um the actual flashback of the story between Caroline and Sullivan, and like yeah. her original character. We could see that, like, because we only ever saw it through like images and like paintings that's in the first true. film about how she like existed back then, and she was the woman who who he was in love with. That we could see that. That would be cool. I'd like to see that. Yeah, that's maybe that's what they'll do then, because it says it just says Cassie Kramer's Hel- Helen Lyle slash Caroline Sullivan. So maybe we'll see, yeah, mm. like the original story. Who knows? Maybe they'll surprise us too. You never know. Yeah, maybe, maybe they will. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm also really excited. Yeah, as I say about um Vanessa Williams being back. I loved her in the trailer. She was like even in just a one line. She was just like, oh, I was like, yes, I'm so glad she's back. And like, yeah, Tina Paris. They're all. It's a really great cast. So I'm looking forward to all of them. And it's only 91 minutes, which means they might be able to. You know, a lot of horror films these days, as I said before, are really trying to like drag out things. And a lot of like the, like the Conjuring films are quite long, and some yeah. of them don't need to be that long. It's fine. I love <laughs> the, the Nun. Well, the Nun doesn't even need to be alive. It's a horrendous. Yeah. Disgusting. He's right. That's I can't awful believe film. they even allowed that film. It's to the crazy. one in the franchise that I genuinely think is a bad movie, and I think the rest are either passable to great. And it's the one in the franchise that everyone was most excited to see when it was announced because of the whole. I theory. remember yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, I was like, oh my I god, it's grossing. Thing. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, um, and it's. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really <laughs> like so I'm, bad. I'm looking forward to seeing like what type of what the music's like. You know, what type of like the soundtrack yes. is because obviously, I mean, the score is phenomenal in the original helen's theme okay. is amazing um they even use they use it in a lot of other films they use it in american horror story asylum um which is an amazing i heard it in something film. recently as well i don't remember it, it was in so hell house cool. it was in hell house the some of the music from Candyman was in hell house i think it was hell house or maybe it was something else no it wasn't hell there's, it there's no there's no music in in hell I house thought it was, maybe all right someone else was playing on the piano and something different i thought it was the guy Playing on the piano in Hell House. It must have been something different that I watched. I honestly that. thought they were doing the Moonlight Sonata, which you hear in a lot of horror films or horror video games. I on could the, be wrong. On the piano, he was doing dun, 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 which again, watch the sequels and you'll find out what that song is. Um, but it's not Candyman. Um, but yes, yeah, so I'm really, I'm looking forward to seeing how they further the story. I'm assuming that maybe this is going to be a case of like every horror film is doing now because Halloween 2018 was such a success where they're like, ignore any sequel that came. This is a, a direct sequel to the original, which is fine. But that's a great trend because so many original horror films were ruined by their sequels. Like if we got, I know Wes Craven kind of did this with New Nightmare, but he, with um, the Heather Langenkamp, but I would love to see, I don't know how you do it with Friday the 13th, because that franchise has had so many stops and starts and people kind of prefer like like so, like six and four. Like it would be hard to do a direct sequel to Friday the 13th part six. You know, yeah. like to pitch that to mainstream audiences could be a bit much. But if you did like a direct sequel to the original Nightmare on Elm Street where it's like a decrepit old Freddy Krueger versus an older Nancy, like Terminator Dark Fate or Halloween, 
I think Heather Langenkamp could totally pull that off, in my opinion. I, I mean, Heather- I'm not going to lie. That would be fun to see. But I think, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know what they're going to do with that series if they do anything. So, but I, I, think- I agree. I think, George, you're, you're correct because of the hit that, which, again, Halloween 2018 was phenomenal, in my opinion. And bravo to Jamie Lee Curtis in that. I mean, my God. So I'm all for seeing that trend. And I think that's great. And I mean, this cast, uh, I just think the cast and crew on this just seem like all around. It is there's it's stacked. I I hope it's good. To me, it's it's being set up to be really good, but. You know, we won't know until we see it, which will be really this upsetting week. if it's not. <laughs> but um, I'm I'm really excited to see it. And I think, yeah, I really feel like maybe this could be a possible. I don't know, Oscar contender. But like you said, I certainly may. Who knows? Maybe SAG. I, I, I would hope to see something. I just I wish as yeah. we had talked in our interview yesterday, you know, we see so so many like stunts go under under rewarded i feel like we see that with a lot of um well it's such a shame like we want hollywood to recognize stunts and then they finally recognize stunts and they recognize like a wonder woman 1984 for stunts like what the fuck Mm -hmm. they didn't nominate you know what hold on it almost it could have been worse it could have been mulan that one um yeah so i mean we have a tangent there but yeah candy man i think we're all looking forward to it i think it's going to be exciting it's going to be the first big horror film that's come out in a while well i mean obviously i know thing you came out recently but that wasn't really a horror film to be honest <laughs> conjuring three that was more a police investigation movie it was good i but, liked that movie yeah it, it was law and order meets satan but it just lost its way for me i think i mean it, vera Farmiga and patrick wasn't i would stay and watch any film for those two so it's fine but well, see, I, I agree with I that love george films set in new england like i just love that sort of saying Light i enough. just it's yeah my ideals are, it's like visual, like my eyes just love that, that type of Maine setting, which is why even though a lot of Stephen King movies are horrible, I still enjoy them because like Maine is just that beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with George though. Um, the chemistry those two have, if, if they kept making Conjuring films, I would probably keep watching just because yeah. they're in it. Yeah, they are. They're one of the best couples ever. Mm-hmm. So great. All right. Well, I think we'll go ahead then and wrap that up. That's all for today's episode of the Horror Hour, because as you can see, some folks are getting tired. (laughs) And um, so thank you all for listening. Join us again next week when we will review Nia DaCosta's Candyman. I'm really excited. Um, Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can never miss an episode. Plus, if you haven't already, go follow us on social media. We are at the Horror Hour TV, so you can keep up with the latest news. And if you have a question or want to give thoughts on a next week's topic, you can tweet us using the hashtag the Horror Hour. And if you do end up watching us on YouTube, please click that like and subscribe button. We'd greatly appreciate it. And the notification bell. Right. Yes, notification. and the notification bell. All right. See you all later. Thanks, everyone. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. You have been listening to the Horror Hour. See you next time.